Well, what is up, everybody? Welcome to God Squad Church. If you're just tuning in for the first time, maybe you're watching on YouTube or Kick Facebook right now. Maybe you're watching a VOD or sometime in the future. Welcome. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church. And I have a message for you. You guys get a triple dose of me, okay? Three weeks in a row. It doesn't happen often. It's happened before, <laughs> but it doesn't happen super often. But I'm excited to be able to bring you guys this message today. And uh, we're going to be continuing in Luke chapter 12. Uh, Luke chapter 12 has been, Luke is very, like I was saying this last week, it's very interesting. He's very detailed. Uh, If you take the book of Luke and the book of Acts, both of those were written by Luke. Um, That's actually, I I believe it's about 25% or more of the New Testament uh, because he's, those are just very long books. They're two of the longest books in the, in the New Testament. And so we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about some more of what Jesus is teaching in chapter 12. He's had a fairly long teaching at this point. He's been talking about greed and worrying and fear and other things. We'll get the net into that in just a second. But today he's going to switch, switch up his teaching a little bit. And so today the title of the message is, Are You Ready? And I'm going to be asking you guys that question a few times during this sermon about, are you ready? And we'll talk about exactly what that is, because really what the idea that I want to talk about today is that we need to be constantly ready for the time that Jesus returns, constantly vigilant, constantly ready for the time that Jesus Christ is going to come back to this earth. And the great blessing that awaits his servants for those people that are ready for his arrival. Now, before we get into all of that, I want to say something. I I, I always say this. I, I love being a gamer. There's just certain things that other people cannot understand when you are a gamer, okay? And the one, one of the things that I loved always was the big releases of a new game or a new console or something of that nature. And this is before digital sales were big. And this was before, you know, Amazon was sending you things within a day or within a few hours of things coming out. I'm talking about who, who remembers those midnight releases? Okay. Who remembers those midnight? Oh, I, I, I love the midnight releases. Uh, listen, I'm such a nerd. Okay, my 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 wife she calls me a nerd all the time. But listen, I am proud of for being a nerd, especially for those midnight releases. Some notable uh, games coming out and games releases that I remember pre-ordering. I think one of the first ones that I had ever pre-ordered was Twilight Princess. I had my you know I, I was able to actually afford something for myself, and so I I didn't actually go to a midnight release. They didn't have a midnight release at the store. I ordered that one at, but I remember it kept getting delayed over and over and over to the point where it wasn't just on GameCube anymore. It was both on the GameCube and the Wii. But I digress, right? But I do remember Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham. City. I uh, remember those were midnight releases, not super big, but they would have cupcakes out at GameStop. You got, you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay. One of the big releases that I remember going to Skyrim. Okay. Skyrim. I remember arriving at GameStop at about 11 PM at night and I looked behind me in my car. It was November 11th in 2011. Okay. 11, 11, 11. And I specifically remember getting there And I looked at the line and there was two people at the door. There's nobody inside. They weren't letting people inside yet. Two people at the door. I said, well, it's a little bit chilly out. You know, it's, it's November, it's Connecticut. So it's a, it's a little bit cold outside. So I decided I'm going to, I'm going to stay in my car a little bit. And I fell asleep until about 1145 when I set my alarm and I looked behind me and there was about 150 people in line at that point. And I was like, well, you've got to be kidding me. So I get out of my car. I go, I, I get in line. 
into freezing cold, okay? It's it's fairly chilly. There's a big wind blowing as well. I remember that. My hands were getting really cold, and I just remember, you know, slowly getting to the doors. Couldn't, couldn't wait just to get inside, but couldn't wait to get my hands on this game that I've been waiting for. A couple of other releases that I remember going to, the PlayStation 4 release. I remember being there for that. Midnight 1 actually was pretty close to the door for that one when that came out. And then finally, the final Midnight release that I've been to, which was one of the great releases that I remember, is going there for the Nintendo Switch. But the reason why it was such a great release was because it came out with Breath of the Wild. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. And I remember getting that and being there for that release. But if you know those about those midnight releases, right, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You prepare for this day. Maybe maybe you took the day off the work the next day. Maybe you took the next – maybe it was even the next week off of work. Some people have done that. You stay up late at night until midnight, standing in the freezing cold as you slowly get closer and closer to the indoors where you might be able to find some heat a little bit. Like I said, sometimes it was cold outside waiting for those midnight releases. But finally, you arrive at the checkout. You see them pick up the game or you see them pick up the console that they're about to give to you. And then you get home and you know that you're about to experience something that you have been waiting for. And it feels like it's been forever that you've been waiting for this. You've been, you pre-ordered it six months in advance. You pre-ordered it a year in advance. Whatever that looks like, you've been waiting for what seems like a very long time. But you know that because of your patient waiting, because you prepared for it, you now have the ability to be able to experience something that you know you're going to get a great experience from. Today... We're actually going to be diving back into Luke chapter 12. Remember what I with that example. We're going to dive back into that in a little bit. But we're going to dive into Luke chapter 12 right now. We're going to pick up pick up where we left off last week where Jesus is finishing up, you know, he just finished up talking about greed. He talked about worrying. He talked about being afraid and all these things do not be worried. Do not be afraid, right? He says not to be greedy, but if their focus is not supposed to be on these two things, which this is what a lot of people were focused on, what is it actually supposed to be on? He starts to teach about his own return. So while we wait, what are we supposed to actually do while we wait? So I want to read for you guys Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 36. And it says this. It says, be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You are to be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. They can open the door for him at once. That's so important right there. You know, I, I this actually isn't in my sermon notes, but I was thinking about it right before I came on. Uh, I was thinking about th- there, there's a big game currently right now. Let, let's be completely honest. It's kind of taken over the entire world at this point. You guys know what I'm talking about. We're talking about Power World. And whether you agree with the game or not, the game is doing fairly successful. It is a fun game. Um, but I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this verse specifically when I was, when I was reading it today, and I was just kind of going over my sermon notes. I was like, 
waiting for your master to return. Literally, this is what Power World is kind of about. You have your base, you have different things set up, you got your your logging people, you got people that are burning fire into your into your little pit to make ingots. You have all sorts of different things. People watering your gardens, people there a whole bunch of pals are just doing everything. But they're doing all these things while you're gone, you're out, you're doing other things where you're catching more pals, you're going to a dungeon, you're going to this thing, going doing that thing. But they're all working because, you know, when you get back, you're ready to be all stocked, stocked back up on everything that you need to be able to build something else or to be able to bring with you as you go back out on another journey. I was watching Susie live earlier today and all of his pals are super depressed and they're all hurt and, you know, he he's not feeding them or they... <laughs> <laughs> so I was watching, I was like, they're not doing anything because they're all depressed. They're not actually, he's not, they're not ready for him to come back. <laughs> he's going to have four logs because all of them, you know, they have fractures and they have strain, they've strained their muscles. It was kind of funny. And I was looking at, it, I was like, you got to change some people out, my guy. So you, they can, they can do some things. But apart from all of that, as I was reading this verse this past week, I started to ask myself in this parable that Jesus is speaking here. What did the servants actually have to prepare for? I mean, they're just waiting for their master to return, right? They, they, they could just sit back. Maybe they could relax for a little bit, take a little bit of a nap, you know, put, put their hat over their eyes and just kind of sit back, close their eyes, doze off a little bit. But then when the master returns, that, then they would have something else to do. So they would have, the master would tell them something to do. But this is so far from the truth, and I think that's especially true for our own lives as well. What does it mean to actually be ready for service? What do we do while we wait for the return of Jesus Christ? So once again, first thing it says, it says, be ready for service. Seems like a pretty easy statement, to be honest, but it's easier said than done. You see, we all have problems that are going on in our lives at this point in, in time. This could be physical problems. Some people got mental problems. Other people are dealing with emotional stress and problems that they got going on in life. Some people have spiritual challenges that they're dealing with currently right now. And so it kind of makes it a little bit difficult to be able to be ready for service, to actually be serving and doing something of that nature. With all of these things going on, though, this verse says to be ready for service. Be ready for the return of Jesus. Now, I'm not going to go into all my thoughts about this because we'd probably be here until tonight talking about all of it, but I want to give you a couple of important ones here. How are we supposed to be ready for, for Jesus Christ to come back? How are we supposed to be ready for service with all the challenges that we go through? What, like, what does that even look like? There's a, the, the French have a quote that says this. I know Pastor Amanda will like it because she actually has it on her wall as well. It says, bloom where you are planted. Bloom where you are planted. You see, no one has the ideal situation in their life. They're, they're all going through a situation that they're struggling with currently right now. But I do believe that God has put us in the place that we are in for a reason. I'll give you an example about a flower that wishes it could be somewhere else. There's a bunch of flowers that's planted in a place that, you know, in, an array of colors, okay? But one of those seeds gets misplanted. It, 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 it blows off in the wind. It goes somewhere else, maybe somewhere where there's not as much sun. Maybe it's got a little bit more shade. Maybe it has a tree covering as well, so it's not getting enough water. But it has just enough 
to be able to actually spring up and to be able to bloom. Now that flower can look over at the other place. It can look at the garden and say, man, I wish I was over there. There's the purple flowers. There's the red ones. There's the yellow ones, orange, and it, it looks beautiful over there. They got just enough sun. They get enough rain. They don't have a tree covering them all day long, and I'm over here. And that flower just wishes that somebody could come over, pick it up, plant it somewhere else near where the other flowers are because it's in a completely different situation. You see, you can wish all that you want. You can wish all that you want that your situation was different. You can say that only if my situation was different, only if I had more money, I could do more for God. Only if I could, I could have more time, I could do more for God. Only if my physical illnesses were not hindering me, I could do more for God. Only if I didn't have this condition going on, I would be able to do more for God. Only if this didn't happen in my life so that it hinders me and it holds me back, I could do more for God. But that's not the case. Your situation is where you are right now, and that's a specific thing that God has placed you in for this time and for this season. We could continue saying, I would do this only if X, Y, and Z. I could do more for God. It would be easier if my situation was different. And I think all of us can say that to an extent, and I know that I've said that in my life as well. But this verse doesn't say this. It doesn't say, wait for the perfect conditions and then be ready for service. That's not what this verse says. In fact, Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this. One who watches the wind will not sow, and the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. Now, this might be a little bit difficult to understand, and so there's a different translation that says this. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. I think this speaks also about the, the sin in our lives as well. You see, we need to be ready for the master. We need to be ready for Jesus to arrive. We need to be intentional about getting sin out of our lives. But now comes the question, how do we get sin out of our lives? How do we bloom where we're planted? But Jesus answers those questions in this verse as well. He says, have your lamps lit. Psalm chapter 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. We need, we need to stay close to the source every single day. We need to be praying every single day. We need to be diving into the word of God. You cannot and you will not be ready for the arrival of Jesus unless we are firmly planted on the rock and we have a firm foundation in him. This world is going to continually hit you over and over and over again. And those perfect conditions that you're waiting for, they will never come. They've never come for me. They're not going to come for you. We live in a broken world. We are ourselves. We have been, our bodies have been broken because of sin. Those perfect conditions will never come while we are here on this earth. But when you're staying close to him, when you're connected to the source, when you're in a relationship that is blossoming with Jesus, your faith cannot and it will not be shaken. 
staying connected to him. Verse 36 says that if you're ready when he knocks on the door, you can open it at once. Do you think, and I'm going to ask this question one more time later on, so remember this verse because it's so important. Do you think that you can say right now that you are ready to open the door? Or do you feel like that there's some things in your life that you need to get in order first? Stay connected to the source. That is the only way that we can be ready. And for those that are ready, there's a blessing that awaits us. There is a blessing that awaits us. I want to read for you guys Luke chapter 12, verses 37 through 38. And it says this. Blessed will be those servants the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will get ready, have them recline at the table, and then come and serve them. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn and finds them alert, blessed are those servants. Uh, going back to our example at the beginning, uh, uh, when it, when a game is released, okay, like I said, you prepare for the game to be released. You've bought it. You've waited patiently at this point. You've taken some time off of work. Maybe you've bought some of that easy-to-cook food. You got some Doritos. I know you don't cook Doritos, but you, you got some Doritos. Maybe you, you bought some Tostinos or something, so you could just throw them in the microwave. Maybe you even put a microwave in the room next to you so you don't even have to get up, okay? Mini refrigerator right next to you so you can take out that Mountain Dew or that Pepsi or extra waters, whatever your choice drink is, and so that you can sit down, you can play this console, or you can play this game because you have prepared for it, and you are ready to be blessed by whatever the developers put in this game. Now, the story that Jesus is saying here, it's really interesting to me. Because normally when there's a servant or more than one servant, servant who are preparing for their master's arrival, when their master arrives, there's more work to do. Or at least there's something different to do when he arrives. Think of it from a job standpoint. If, if your boss is about to leave and go somewhere for a few hours, normally you'll get told some tasks to do, maybe to finish up something before they get back. But once they get back, you continue to work on the things that they ask for, whether it's something new or the things that you're doing when they left. Jesus takes this idea and he just flips it completely around. Jesus says that those that are, are alert, those that are prepared, when the master arrives, those people that are alert, those people that open up the door when he arrives, that they are going to be blessed. Not only will they be blessed, but this master, Jesus, will actually serve them. You see, Jesus is saying that those who are ready for when he comes back, they will be, be the ones that, that are blessed. There is a rich award, a rich reward that awaits those who are living a life ready and expectant for Jesus' return. And this, this seems to be a mark of Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the good shepherd. He is the gate. He is the door. He is the bread of life. He is the ancient one. He's all of these things, and he knows that he's all of these things. But when he came to earth the first time around, knowing all these things, he came to love, and he also came to serve. And we see here again 
that when he comes back, he's coming to to serve. For me, like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I don't feel like that I deserve that. The one, like I said, he's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one whose throne is above every single throne, yet he is coming to serve us. It doesn't make any sense. That should excite us. That should motivate us and want, make us want to do more because Jesus is coming back for us one day and a great blessing awaits. Life is really hard sometimes. But like I said, these verses should motivate us. They should excite us. If we are ready when he comes, it will be a major blessing that awaits us. All the challenges that we face, all the pain that we've endured, all of the rejection, re rejections that we're going to experience in life, it will be worth it when Jesus returns. And the way to be ready for Jesus' return is to live in constant readiness, to live in constant readiness. I want to read you this final couple of verses from Luke chapter 12, verses 39 through 40, and it says this, but know this, if the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also be ready because the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Have you ever been in a situation where you, you were called upon something, but you weren't ready for it? Maybe, maybe, maybe this can look like you, you, you were called upon to do something in school, right? Maybe you weren't paying fully attention. You know, so the teacher asks a question. Of course, they're looking for the person that's kind of daydreaming or the person that's chatting with their friend. Or maybe you're, you're reading a book in school. I remember these times you had to read like a paragraph and then would go to the person to your right. But because you were daydreaming, you actually just forgot where you were. You didn't know what page you were on. You were called upon something and you weren't ready for it because you weren't paying attention. Or maybe something at work. It's caught you off guard. Your boss asked you to do something, but you weren't clearly ready for it because you weren't prepared for whatever it was that they were going to ask you to do. And whatever the case is, even if it wasn't something that was super impactful in, uh, in your life, I think that most of us can say that we've probably been there before to one extent or another. We weren't constantly vigilant. We weren't constantly ready. And so Jesus here, he compares his return to that of a thief that's breaking into someone's house. I've actually been in a situation before where a thief had broken into my grandparents' house. I remember I was nine to 10 years old or something like that. I believe it was. I think I was nine. Um, and I remember we had left Friday night to go, we, we, every single Friday night, me and my brother, we would sleep over my grandparents' house. And so this Friday night, we went out to go get pizza, like we normally did. We'd go rent a movie or rent a video game so that we could play the video game and eat pizza when we got back. Normally, thieves, what they do is they survey the house for weeks at a time to see what is the time that people are gone from the house. And so I'm guessing that this thief knew that we were going to be gone on this Friday night. So I remember we we got back home and me and my brother, we were laughing and talking. So when we got back home, we walked through the back door and what we did not know because we had shoes on was we were stepping on a little bit of glass that was on the ground. 
And all of a sudden I heard some fumbling in another room. And I was like, what in the world is happening? Like, you don't really think about it. And so I looked down the hall and I see this man who is about six feet tall. To me at the time, he was a giant. Now he'd be a little bit shorter than me, probably. <laughs> he had a ponytail and I just saw him running across and he yelled, I'm going to kill you. At nine years old, I was a bit scarred, okay? I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit scarred from this event <laughs> for, for a little while. I was a little bit terrified. And so the person stole a bunch of things from my grandparents' house, stole a bunch of jewelry, jumped out the window, and got away. And the cops, to my knowledge, never actually found him. Here's the thing, though. We were gone from the house. We weren't really, my grandparents weren't really prepared for something like this to happen. There was no alarm at the time on the house. The house was easily broken into. Obviously, it's very easy just to break through the glass and to unlock the door. Does that mean that this person was right in doing it? No, but the fact of the matter was we were not prepared for it, and the thief came at a time that was unexpected. Jesus is not comparing himself to a thief, but he is coming at an unexpected time like a thief does. And if a human thief can come unexpectedly, how much more unexpected do you think it will be when the king of kings comes back? We don't know the time. We don't know the hour. But he is coming back. And I want to ask you this. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? Are you in a place where you can open the door at once, like it says in verse 36? Have you ever had to do a quick clean of your house? Somebody says, hey, I'm, I'm going to come over today. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i be there in a couple of hours. Or, hey, tomorrow, do you think it would be okay if I stopped over for a little bit to talk to you? And you got to do like that quick clean of your house. Yeah, you got to do a few things. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not even super messy, but there's some clutter around. You haven't had somebody over the house in a month or two. And so you got to do a quick, quick clean. There's some laundry, out, you know, a laundry basket that's out on the floor that, you know, could be placed somewhere else. And so you got to do that quick clean of the house. We've all probably been there at some point or another. But here's my question for you. Are there some things in your life that need to be straightened out today? Before Jesus comes back. You see, we can't straighten these things out alone, though. So many times I've talked to people and I've heard people say this. I've heard them say, I just need to get some things worked out in my life and then... I can accept Jesus. Or, hey, if I just get these things worked out, if I get this sin out of my life, if I can do this, if I can do that, then then I can grow in a closer, deep relationship with Jesus. If I do this, then I can go back to church. If I do this, then I can enter into a small group. If I do this, then I can baptize. This is completely backwards thinking. That's not how it works. You need to accept Jesus Christ so that you can have things be mended. You need to accept him in your life so that those things can be worked on. You need to accept him in your life so that those things can be fixed. You cannot do it alone. Only through the work and the power of Jesus Christ can your heart be truly transformed so that those things can be fixed. I said this so many times to people. I just need to do this. I said, no, you don't need to do this. Because you can't do this. It is impossible for you to change your life around without the power of Jesus working through you. When you accept him, then you'll start to see those changes. Then you'll start to see something that feels completely different because you have something else working inside of you called the Holy Spirit that is helping you raise up, that's helping you be in a genuine relationship with him. 
beginning to love him, beginning to feel something a little bit different. Jesus is coming back at an hour that you do not expect. Are you ready for him to come back? Are you ready to be able to open up the door at once? And if you aren't ready, I want to let you know the time to act is now. Like I said before, we, we don't know when Jesus is actually coming back. It could be it could be next year. It could be next month. It could be next week. It could be tomorrow. It could be today. It could be in a hundred years. I do not know. I can tell you <laughs> that I, I've always had this thought that Jesus is going to somehow come back in my lifetime. You look at the world, you look at the Bible, you look at what it says, and I think he's probably coming back pretty soon. Fact of the matter is, though, I really don't know. But he is coming back. And I want to be prepared for the day that he comes back, that I am not caught off guard so that I can open up the door at once. So maybe you're listening to this message today and you're recognizing, hey, listen, Boz, I've been off the path for such a long time. I've been doing things in my life that I know that I've been gone and I need to rededicate my life to Jesus because I have not been on the right path for a long time. And you want to see Jesus move in your life in a way that you have never seen before. Hey, I want to give you an opportunity today to rededicate your life. Maybe some of you are listening to this message, and I hope there is. I hope there is today. Maybe you're listening today, and you're saying, I've never accepted Jesus Christ into my life. The time is now. Listen, people, they have this stipulation that accepting Jesus Christ in some way, shape, or form is a bad thing to do. The world has made it that way. It's it's unpopular. It's not the right thing to do, they say. They say it's a harder life. And in, some, in a lot of ways, yeah, it is. But here's the thing. You will never be fulfilled until you accept Jesus Christ into your life, into your heart. Committing your life to follow him because once again, one day, he is coming back. And you want to be prepared because the moment that he comes back, that choice that you've had for your entire life up to this point to be able to accept him or not to accept him, it will be gone. And like I said, he could be coming back at any moment and it's going to be unexpected. So I want to give you a chance as well. If you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life for the first time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer. If you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, or if you want to accept him for the first time, what I would ask you to do is repeat the prayer I'm about to pray after me. It's Here's the thing, though. You're not praying to me. It's not some magical words that you're saying. It's not this prayer that saved you. It's where your heart is. It's if you mean it. It's if you really, truly are accepting Jesus Christ into your life. And it's a powerful moment. 
it's something tangible that you can use so that later in your life, if you have doubts and you're saying, hey, I've been messing up a lot. I don't really know if I've accepted Jesus Christ in your life. You can go back and you can say, I remember that moment that I accepted him. This is the reason why I accepted Jesus Christ, because he has saved me from all of my sins. All of the bad things that I've done, my heart was covered with sin. It was covered with greed. It was covered and stained with shame and guilt. But because of Jesus, you can be free of all of that and start off with a clean slate because he died for you on the cross and because he rose from the dead. And so what I want to ask you right now, if you, once again, if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus or accept him for the first time in your life, which I promise you will be the best decision that you have ever made, repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross. And I believe that he rose from the grave. And right now, Father, I accept your grace. I accept your mercy. And I accept your salvation. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I ask that you would come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen, guys. If you just made a decision to follow Jesus, whether it is for the first time or maybe you are rededicating if you're comfortable, we'd love for you to let us know in chat so we can celebrate you. But either way, we're going to celebrate so we can put the hearts and the hype and all the praise emotes. Spam the chat with them right now. Um, what an awesome message. Um, reminder challenge from Pastor Boz. Um, just a reminder that we need to be ready. We need to be ready. It is so so common for us um as human beings to always do the thing where we're like well you know i'll just wait until you know this situation looks like this or i'll just wait until x y and z when in reality we should just do it we should always be ready because the reality is is we don't know when jesus is coming back right and so why wait we shouldn't wait we should be ready and on our guard um, at all times and so I hope that this message encouraged you challenged you um, especially to take some steps that maybe you've been holding back um, on taking and so um, I have a few things for you in terms of next steps and so if you just gave your heart to Jesus for the first time or rededicated we would love for you to fill out this connect form that I have right here and so you can fill that form out with as much information as you feel comfortable sharing with us. And this will just enable us to come alongside you in this journey because we know that, you know, it can be complicated. It may be confusing for some people. Some people may not know what's next. And we just want to come alongside you in this journey um, to walk alongside you and to help you um, in your relationship with the Lord. And so we would truly love to be able to do that with you. And so you can go ahead and fill out that form and we will be connecting with you. If you'd also just simply like to get plugged in here at God Squad Church, this is a great form for you to fill out too. 
um, to start the process. You can get plugged in with XP groups. You can serve. There's so many things. Um, so I definitely encourage you guys to fill out this connect form if you are able and comfortable doing so. I know um, Polestar Light in our announcement video earlier in service also talked about water baptisms. And so yes, we do water baptisms. They don't look like your typical water baptism because we are online, but we do them. And so you can put exclamation point baptism in the chat um, and you will be brought to the link to sign up for a water baptism class. Um, you would be signing up to take the class to learn more about it, why we do it, and how we do it. Again, because we're online, so it looks different. Um, but water baptism essentially is you just declaring to the world that you have made the decision to follow Jesus um, and you're unashamed to follow Jesus. And in a nutshell, that is what water baptism is. It is an incredibly um, special and important part of your journey with Jesus. Um, and so definitely encourage you if you have not been water baptized yet to again, to not wait, but to do so and sign up. Now we have classes available every single month for that. And lastly, I also want to talk about our XP path. So our XP path, you can put exclamation point XP path in the chat. Um, and this class is designed to help you discover your purpose. What is my purpose? Uh, why am I here on this planet? This class is designed to help answer that question, to help you discover your purpose as a partner of God Squad Church. Um, it's just a really great class that I think will be really great for you to take if you haven't taken it yet. Whether or not you want to be a partner, um, it'll really just help you learn more about how God has created you, the gifts that he has given you, um, so that you can discover more about how you were created um, and what God has given you, um, what purpose God has given you through that. And so I think that that is a really, really great class for you to consider as well if you have not taken that. And so that is it for next steps. Also, I don't know if they're still watching, but I wanted to give a shout out to my family. I am alive. And so uh, my family, I think, is watching on Facebook. I'm going to assume it's Facebook if they're still there. So I'm going to give a shout out to my sister and my niece and my nephew if they are still watching. Hello, guys. <laughs> I hope you're having a good night and that you've enjoyed the service. Um, so glad that you're joining us today. Um, and so if you're on Facebook, go ahead and put some hearts in the chat for my family because they're awesome. And I love it when they pop into service. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, so all of this, all of this is made possible because of your generosity. And so, man, what a blessing it is to be able to, to do this. And um, the reason why we give, the reason why we give um, our, our tithes and our offering um, is a way for us to uh, worship the Lord. It's a way for us to give back to God, to partner with God, to see more lives changed. And so by you giving, in supporting us financially is you making a way for us to reach more and more gamers worldwide so that they too can experience the love of Jesus and come to have relationship with him um, just as we have here. And so why wouldn't we want more people to experience that? And so 
Um, your generosity makes all of that possible. 2 Corinthians 9-7 says, Each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart, uh, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. He wants you to give what uh, you feel like you are supposed to give. That's a conversation between you and God. It's not something that I can tell you um, or anyone else here at God Squad Church. That is between you and God and what you believe that he would have you give. Um, and so, and he wants us to do so in a cheerful manner because it is a blessing to be able to partner and to give back. Um, and so there are multiple safe and secure ways that you can give, whether one amount or recurring. You can put exclamation point give in the chat and you will have some directions popping up in chat for you. You can click the link in the chat or the panel below, depending on where you're watching, which platform, because we are live on Facebook, Kick, YouTube, and Twitch right now. You can go to our website at godsquadchurch.com slash give and give through there. Or if you live in the United States, you can text any amount to the number 84321 and set up some quick and easy, easy text to give through that. And so once again, thank you guys so much for being a Waymaker. Uh, I know we have a Waymaker event once a year to raise funds, but man, you do not have to wait for the event to be a Waymaker. And remember, God may want to make a way through you. And hey, we even sang about it. God is a way maker. I love that we sang about it today. And so thank you guys so much for being a way maker. It is because of your generosity that we are able to continue to make a difference with gamers around the world.